Really, my, my business was so cool because it was the biggest testament to this huge transformation that I underwent from being like totally stuck and just kind of like not knowing what I'm doing to just freaking killing it in business. Like all those women that I looked up to, now I'm one of them. Welcome to Deep Within. On this show, we dive deep into the nervous system, emotional healing, and transformation from within the body. When I started my personal development journey, it was all in the mind, doing affirmations, visualizations, listening to endless motivational videos. And I found that this approach without actually getting my body on board only left me in deeper shame and distress. So this is actually how I discovered somatic body-based healing. My name is Marina Yanai Triner, and I am the Compassionate Somatic Coach. I am gentle, sensitive, and I love deep conversations. I am so, so, so excited and so glad you're here so we can feel like we're together in our own little bubble of deep talks. gosh I'm so excited welcome to the first episode of this podcast I am so happy you're here and I'm so excited to share my story with you about nervous system regulation about emotions about connecting to my body all of these amazing pieces so settle in because I want to take you on a little journey of my life and I'm hoping that as you listen to this you're going to get lots of insights about your own life and maybe places where you thought that you're good you don't have any trauma or places where you felt really stuck and you didn't understand why so I kind of really wanted to make this episode to help you understand more about yourself through my story because I know this is how I learn a lot of things so I'm going to take you all the way back to where I was born. I was born in Ukraine and I'm Jewish. My whole family is Jewish. And, you know, being a minority, for those of you who are minorities, that's a really, really major stressor on our system. Even though I was born there and then I moved away when I was two because my family really wanted to escape the USSR, those stories stuck with me my whole life. My family always talks about what it was like to be there, what it was like to live there as minorities, as Jews, and all of those things. And that was so stressful for them. And I believe that that's why I have a really strong sense of justice inside me. That's partially why, you know, because I witnessed how my family struggled for simply being Jewish. So when I was born, it was still the USSR, it was still communist, and in 1990, around there, it started to fall apart, and then all the countries, you know, became independent, for example, Ukraine and all the rest of them, and we were actually allowed to leave. And so my family right away, like, got all their stuff together and really was so ready to go. And it was really scary because, first of all, think about it. If you move now, which I have recently, you have all these resources, you have the internet, you have people to call and talk to and all that kind of stuff. Back then, there was nothing. And also the government took all of their things, like all of their money. They literally moved without a single 
bill in their pocket so much of their stuff they were scared into believing they had to like burn photos and really crazy stuff like that and I recently actually found out that when we moved we didn't really have a plan at all so we moved to Israel which was accepting Jewish immigrants of course and we didn't have a plan and we settled there I mean the government provided transportation out of the airport, but then literally we got onto the street and we just stood there in the street. I mean, all of us, it was my parents, my grandparents and me, and I'm an only child and I'm also an only grandchild on all sides, which is really crazy. Lots of trauma and, you know, beauty that comes from that kind of a thing in my life. So... The reason that I found out that we were literally standing in the street with nowhere to go is because my mom was telling me about the good people that she has met in her life. And she was telling me about this amazing woman, Esther, in the city where we moved to in Israel that actually was also an immigrant from the USSR, but in the 80s. And when she saw us on the street, she literally came down and she was like, come live with me. She didn't even know us, nothing. It's just so incredible and it just blows my mind. And the story, even though it was two, I obviously don't remember it in my conscious memory. That story feels so strongly in my body. So that's one of the things that changed my life is knowing that you can feel something without knowing it and it is really impactful and also that every story in your life every trauma that you've ever experienced has a dark side and a light side you know shadow and light and in this story we were basically refugees from the former USSR but at the same time that was a moment when my whole family experienced this tremendous kindness, right? And also the impact of these things on us humans. I really believe that trauma makes us way more resilient in some ways. And of course, it causes so much pain and heartache. And so all of my work now really centers on how can we take in the goodness? How can we process the pain so that the goodness is left over? So that's just a little side note. So then we moved to Israel, which was, of course, a very stressful place. It was a very, and still is, violent place. And you can really feel that when you're there. And my parents' nervous system, as well as my grandparents, was attuned to that. So I remember that there was always stress. There was always stress growing up. My whole entire life, I always felt like something's wrong that we have to fix. And we're always chasing, how can we fix it? And we're always nervous about what's going to happen. And that was really how everybody's nervous systems calibrated to conflict to pain to you know distress in the environment around them so your nervous system really calibrates to the environment and that helps you survive but at the same time then when you are safe and you don't really need that anymore it stays with you so that was you know how we lived for uh, forever um and in israel it was actually a really difficult experience as well because i don't know if you 
realized this or knew this, but Israel is a very racist place, um, not only towards the people that we are in conflict with, which is Palestinians and Arabs in general. There's a lot of racism internally within Israel, just like every country on earth where it's literally a country of immigrants. Israel is a country of immigrants. So every generation that comes, you know, from Yemen and from Iraq and from Turkey and from um, Iran, like Europe, all these places where Jews were that come to Israel, there is a lot of racism towards them. And during my time, in the 90s, that was the big ass Russian slash, you know, USSR immigration wave. And we dealt with a lot of racism. It was awful. Like to be a little kid and to be called a slut, to be shamed, to be treated as the other all of the time was a very traumatic experience and very scary and very sad. And it's it's cute because I I really wanted to fit in and I did not care like I well I was told this I don't remember this but when I was two I literally would speak like half Russian half Hebrew all the time because that's what I knew and I didn't care you know I just wanted to to survive as a little two-year-old and um, now that I'm in a Spanish-speaking country, that is actually very triggering like the fact that I don't know Spanish perfectly I'm still learning. It is so freaking triggering. Um, and I think it triggers that part of me, you know, the part of me that had to survive as a little two-year-old in a country where I had to learn the language. And of course, for the adults, it was like even worse because they did not speak a word of Hebrew and they had to learn everything and go to work and just so much stress. And we lived all together with my grandparents, um, which was nice, but also, you know, very crowded, very stressful. Like at one point, literally my dad and my grandpa were sharing a bed because one worked nights and one worked days and they were like sharing that bed. One person would sleep during the day, one sleep, one person would sleep during the night. So super crazy, super intense. And it's, it's so interesting how only now, like in my 30s, I'm actually realizing how intense all of this was because it was just reality, right? So when you think of your own life, you can imagine that your reality seems very, very normal. There's nothing strange about it for you because it's just your reality. But it doesn't mean that it didn't cause you heartache and pain and trauma that affects how you show up in the world. So... Let's now get to age 12. At age 12, it was around 9-11 when we moved to the United States, literally a few months before 9-11. And my parents pulled me out of school in the middle of the year because they were so stressed out about the situation in Israel. And they really wanted me to have a better future. And there was a lot of you know, violence going on. So they decided to move to the United States and my dad found a job and we moved. And again, that move was really intense because we knew English, but not super well, right? So learning a language, finding jobs, figuring out school, school was really hard for me. I always wanted to excel a lot and that was pretty hard in a new school with a new language and all of that. So that was really difficult. And I was always fighting. Like I remember always, always fighting for my, 
for my achievements, for, for myself, you know, even in the school system, like I would really ask to be in the better classes, but they didn't always let me, you know, in like honors English instead of regular English and things like that. And I also never, well, there's two sides, interesting two sides to this. I never fit in, in the U.S. because I did not click with the culture. There's many things in the U.S. that I still really don't click with at all, just don't fit my personality. And at the same time, I'm really grateful because when I moved to San Diego, I had this amazing experience of being accepted and of other kids being like actually curious and excited about me instead of judging me and calling me names. So again, there's beauty everywhere and there's trauma everywhere, right? This is just part of the human experience. So I am so freaking grateful for how those kids took me in and accepted me. And it was a really healing experience. And then I went to college in the U.S. And by the way, the whole time I'm like, I want to leave. I want to get out of here. I want to move back to Israel. I don't want to be here. And my parents were like, you will not leave until you get your citizenship, which I'm glad they did that. So I went to college and I wanted to become a political science professor. I really enjoyed my first degree, my BA in San Diego, and I loved my professors. And I just, I loved the whole experience. And I loved school, like I'm such a nerd. And I loved studying and I loved political theory. And this whole time I was really living from my neck up. So that's really important to say because the whole time I was so intellectual and I was analyzing everything and I was really proud of my you know, intelligence and my analytical mind, which I still am. And I really enjoyed that part of myself. Um, and then I forgot to mention a big thing <laughs> that um, before college, my first relationship between about 15 and 18, when I was 15, um, I dated a guy that was three years older than me. He was part of the Israeli community and he was very abusive. He was very manipulative. He was kind of like a charmer that all the girls wanted to date. And then I got the gift in air quotes of, of being with him, of dating him. And very quickly, I mean, in the beginning, he was super charming, super nice, super kind, really kind of trying to impress me. And then over time, he started to be very abusive emotionally and sexually, not physically, which was very confusing because, you know, if someone is physically abusive, then you kind of realize that it's wrong. You know, even when you're very young, I think it's very clear. Maybe there is physical marks on your body and things like that. In this case, that was not the case. And so it was very confusing for me that I was dating someone who, you know, was sexual with me without my consent as a 15 year old, I was really young and also was really manipulative emotionally. Obviously now I understand that he comes from his own trauma and his own stuff. Of course, that doesn't mean that it hurts less or that it had less of an impact on my life. It had a major, major, major impact on my life. But yeah, that was a very big trauma that after that relationship ended, which is when I actually realized he was already away. He left the country and we were in a long distance relationship. 
And finally, I realized that the relationship was very toxic, abusive. There was rape involved. And when I realized that, that relationship sort of became like my trauma. Like I would always think about it. I would always talk about it. I would, you know, just always try to fix myself post this relationship. And the interesting thing is now, I don't know if you noticed, but I literally almost forgot to tell you about that relationship because I... I've worked through it so much. There's still stuff. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's still more to explore, especially around sexuality, but it is no longer kind of the main topic of my life. And that all actually changed in a really interesting way. It changed when one day, I don't even know what triggered this, but I think it's really brilliant and amazing. I just, I'm very proud of myself about this. I just one day asked myself this question, which I know can be really triggering for a lot of survivors. And it was for me too, but then I realized this question is going to change my life. And it really did, which is what do you enjoy about being a victim? Because I realized that the relationship ended, the person was gone, I was no longer actually a victim, like I was safe in my life. And I was left with this trauma that was so perpetual, that was really something that I was also causing myself in a way, because I was enjoying part of me was enjoying this state of other people always feeling sorry for me when they find out and really wanting to hear about the story and things like that. And that exploration led me into my childhood because I always thought that my trauma was in my teen years and there's nothing else. And I didn't really look at my childhood. I didn't really look at the dynamics and my home and all of these things. And suddenly I started to get curious about it. And I realized that There was a really strong basis in my childhood that led to this. And I'm not saying that, you know, my parents wanted this to happen. God forbid it was a big trauma for them as well. But there were certain dynamics in my home that led to this vulnerability that I had and this longing to feel loved by anyone at any cost and to not leave this relationship for three years more or less, even though I knew that it was a really toxic relationship. Like my intuition said, this is bad, get out. But I just couldn't, I couldn't. And, you know, when I was 18, I finally went to my first therapist because my family did not believe in therapy. Now they do, thank God. Um, But they did not when I was a teenager. And when I was 18, I was able to access free therapy in college. And my therapist was absolutely wonderful and amazing and really opened my eyes to so many things. And one of the things that she told me in our very first session that I still remember and will always remember is this journey is about helping you connect and trust your intuition. And that was just so powerful because I didn't know at the time, but your intuition lives in your body, doesn't live in your mind. And I was living from the neck up because I was a trauma survivor and there was so much trauma in my body. Not only were my physical boundaries, you know, completely rejected um, and broken into, 
but there was also emotional trauma that was stored in my body that I never worked through. And so the journey of connecting to my body started without, you know, clear words, like you need to connect to your body. But it was when I was 18, my therapist said, you need to connect to your intuition. You need to trust yourself again, because something happened that taught you something wrong, which is someone else gets to tell you what's true and what's false, where the truth is you're the only one that can actually know that for yourself. Every single human is like that. So it was really amazing to start working with her. She also told me something really interesting about trauma that all PTSD is similar. Like even though the cause for it is different, you know, maybe someone went to war, someone else was abused, someone else had caregivers that had trauma and just didn't pay attention to them. And some of these things are so subtle, you know, because I will do like a huge episode on trauma and talk more in depth about it. But we think that trauma is this really overwhelming thing and an overwhelming event that changes your life in a drastic manner. And that is not necessarily the case. I mean, yes, of course, that is also trauma. But then all of the pieces that I told you about in the beginning of this episode, when I was telling you about my childhood and how we moved and how everyone was always stressed and there was so much chaos, these things are very, very traumatic. And we don't think of them that way because we just think this is the dynamic of our family. Like this is normal, right? And it's not, it's really not. It's, it's really traumatic for a child because we're so vulnerable at that age. And that's those dynamics and the stress and the conflict and the environment around me, but also the nervous systems of my caregivers, which there was six of them. <laughs> There's many of them, which is wonderful on the one hand, but on the other hand, they were all pretty stressed out. That really caused me to develop this anxious attachment, which again, I'm sure I'll talk about more in other episodes, but essentially an attachment style that is like, please love me, please love me, don't reject me, and always looking for that love from someone else. And this is a nervous system thing. So coming back to my life story, <laughs> when I was 22 and I finished my first degree and I got my citizenship in the US, I was like, I am out, peace out. I want to move back to Israel. And I was really excited about it. And I moved back to Israel alone. I still had all my four grandparents there, which was really nice. But at the same time, you know, it's still like kind of a new place. And, you know, I had to adjust still. And then I did my master's degree also in political science and did not enjoy it at all. The, there was a lot of like competition and I don't thrive on that. I don't enjoy that, those kinds of environments. And so I worked in a nonprofit afterwards in Jerusalem and eventually I met Tomeo, my partner, and we actually decided to move back to the States. He grew up in Jerusalem like his whole life, and he actually was the one that wanted to move. It's, it's really funny because I have this thing in my personality, which is totally, again, like trauma-driven, but also really helpful. <laughs> 
like all things trauma are that wherever you put me like at first I don't want to move and I'm like really scared and stressed out and I don't want to go if I move to a new city or a new country but then once you put me there I never want to leave I'm like this is it I have adapted I know what to do I know how to function I'm going to stay here and I know that's like a product of all the moves that I've done in my life so I was really resistant to leaving Israel but my partner really wanted to go and my parents were in the States and I missed them. So we moved back to the States or I moved back to the States. He moved to the States. And that's where my business journey actually started. So I decided, first of all, I was burnt out. Holy crap. So when we lived in Israel, I eventually over time, like I was doing my master's degree and then I started working a lot and I started working three jobs and doing my master's. And there were days where I would leave like in the morning and come back at like 9 p.m. from all these things. So my nervous system was totally burnt out. And that was a big thing because I wanted to, again, I wanted to, cal not consciously, of course, this is all subconscious. I was calibrating my nervous system to how I grew up. So everything was intense. Everything was about chasing and doing and doing and doing and freaking out. And that's kind of how I tried to live. I thought that was the best way to live. I thought that was the right way to live. Funny enough, my grandma would always say like, what are you doing? You need to rest. Like, you look terrible. You look tired. You have bags under your eyes. And I didn't realize at the time, but I should have been like, grandma, I'm just copying you, you know? Uh, my grandma was the same way. So when we got to the US, I was so burnt out, so burnt out. And I started my business, but it was more like as a hobby for the first several years because I was just done. And my first business, I was teaching nutrition. So I was doing cooking classes. I was teaching people about nutrition because I made a huge transition to plant-based eating, to veganism, which I'm still vegan, but I don't do it professionally anymore. And uh, my partner and I actually did it together because my mom did it and it changed her life. She was really, really sick, which I believe was a result of her chronic stress also, but also, of course, like food and lifestyle and all that stuff. So she cured a disease that she had, which was really amazing and she became plant-based and so did we and so I was really passionate about it and I wanted to teach it and I was really excited but the interesting thing is that I have always been an empath like I was born I believe that I was born an empath I believe that I was born highly sensitive and I didn't even know it until pretty recently even those terms I was always fighting you know the idea that I was highly sensitive like I was like I don't have those sensitivities. Yes, I am, I feel deeply, but like I don't get bothered by sounds and smells and blah, blah, blah. And now I realize I totally do. And my sleep is really tricky. Like I have to be really diligent about sleeping well and stuff like that. So I am a sensitive person. And so I always felt like even from the start of talking about food, that I wasn't enough, that I was... You know, I had this like soul craving for deep conversations, which is, hello, what we're doing here right now. And so I really, really longed for that. And I didn't have it through that work. And around that time, I attended a conference 
And at the conference, I was offered, well, everybody there was offered this mastermind experience, which is basically like a six month experience of learning about business together and groups and getting coaching and all these cool things. And it was really expensive. Like at that time for me, it was insane. Um, it was $15,000 and I had a completely different view of money than I do now. I have a lot of financial trauma in my life, in generations and in my own life. You know, my grandma survived the Holocaust and when she was a baby, her mother died a day after their labor camp was liberated and my grandma went through like real hunger. And so she was always like so freaked out about money. Like she would save like a the equivalent of like a dollar on, you know, walking versus taking the bus, like things like that. And that was really in, in me, you know, it was in my blood, in my way of doing things. And so money was always stressful. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night and think about money that I don't have enough, that I'm not making enough. Like I would just freak out. And I still do sometimes, by the way, it's something, it's like an ongoing thing that I work on is to trust money and to receive money and to be okay, you know, just to, to know that I'm going to be safe. This is a very deep thing, both for my mother and my grandmother. And so I enrolled in this mastermind experience and around that time, I started getting curious about personal development. I was getting curious about personal development and I was kind of meditating. I started meditating. I started like doing affirmations and listening to like manifestation meditation, stuff like that. Um, I'm saying it kind of facetiously because I believe those things can work if you're connected to your body, because I don't believe that we can change our life or manifest or do any of those things if it's all from the mind, because so much of us is in the body, you know, so much of our trauma, which is actually our subconscious self. So no matter how much you will say affirmations, if there is stored trauma in your body that says, I can't, that's what's going to happen because your subconscious rules. So I would hear this a lot that the subconscious rules, but that we can change it through rewiring our beliefs and our limiting beliefs and all of those things. And I'm actually going to do like a whole separate episode about this because I think it's so important. I don't believe that that is possible, especially if you have a lot of unresolved, unprocessed, not, not resolved, I don't like that word actually, but I would say unprocessed trauma. So if you have a lot of unprocessed trauma, it is very challenging to change your beliefs by just saying a different sentence because all of that again is in your body. So I was in this mastermind with all of these incredible women and business owners that were like so inspiring and they were doing amazing things and they seemed really successful. And I just was not going anywhere. Like I was stuck, so stuck in my business. I was barely making money, like barely, barely, barely. And my partner was the one making money. And so I had a lot of shame around that because my grandma always taught me, you have to take care of yourself financially. Like don't count on anyone else to do it, things like that. And I also saw these women, you know, that paid the same money that I did and they were just killing it. Like they were crushing it. 
and I had so much shame and I would go into shutdown for days. Like I would go into this mode where I would tell my partner, I can't do anything, I suck and I'm gonna go like lay in bed. And I would lay in bed for days, I'm not even kidding you. And I wouldn't tell anyone about it because I was so embarrassed. And I just didn't know what to do, you know, because I thought, okay, I learned all the marketing techniques in the world, they didn't work. Then I learned all the mindset techniques in the world, they didn't work, so I'm doomed, you know? And then the coach in the program told me something that really changed my whole entire life. There were actually two coaches. So one told me, sit with your body, just sit with your body, stop trying to figure it out with your mind. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about and I don't know how to do that. So that was one thing. And there was another coach who was actually a medium, which was fascinating. And she told me, your business is a trauma response. And that was insane. Like it blew my mind. It was so fascinating. And I didn't fully like get what she was talking about, but I felt it in my body. Like I felt that it's true. You know, it, it makes sense to me. It's true. And I want to look more into this. And that really like started this whole journey for me where I started to get curious, what would it be like to make decisions from my body? What would it be like to actually listen to my intuition, to work through the body, not the mind? And eventually I found my therapist, my previous therapist, who was a somatic experiencing therapist by saying like, I want a therapist that works with the body, is that a thing? And I would just go from person to person and then eventually I was referred to her and it was freaking hard. Like this is, this is no joke, you know? This work is no joke, especially in the beginning. It doesn't feel so overwhelming and difficult now, but when I started getting into my body and actually feeling my sensations and my emotions, holy crap, it was so, so difficult. And within 10 minutes of being in the body, I would fall asleep because I was so overwhelmed that my body would just totally shut down. So it was a really long, patient process with her. I worked with her for about three years. And, you know, I by the end, I started to really get in touch with my body, with my sensations, with my emotions. In the beginning, I would spend at least 10 minutes every single day just sitting and meditating with my body and actually getting curious about what I feel inside. And after a while, it started to just magically speak to me, you know, like throughout the day, I would just notice my body more. I would notice what I want, what I don't want. I wouldn't have to ask 10 people for their opinions. My body just spoke to me much more frequently. And the thing is, when you get into the body, there's a lot of trauma there, right? Because trauma is stored in the body. And if you've never been connected to your body, it will be really difficult like it will be really overwhelming and intense and you're gonna feel like oh my god I can't deal with this and that's why I always tell people work with someone don't do this on your own um, but over time it just becomes so magical because your intuition starts to speak to you and you start to make different decisions and 
you know, you're really guided by your own truth and you start to live in a more aligned, purposeful way that feels really good to you and things just start to work out. So I really believe that whatever is happening inside of your body gets reflected out. So if you are inside really dysregulated, you're constantly in fight or flight, or you're constantly frozen, shut down and overwhelmed, the reality is gonna reflect that. You're gonna get less opportunities, maybe you're gonna be really stuck in your life like I was, things like that. But once you start to really work on your nervous system, then you start to be able to create the life that you want. It's literally like that, like your nervous system creates the life that you want, it's so cool. So during that time when I was working with my therapist, my my somatic experiencing therapist, I started to really want to stop talking about food and change my whole business. And so slowly I started to learn somatics myself to get certified and to learn more and more about it. The best, honestly, certification was actually getting, you know, coaching. I got a bunch of somatic coaches and therapists yourself, you know, I did it myself and I knew it was embodied teaching. You know, the way that I teach now is from my body. So I'm not just thinking about it. I'm not just, you know, learning some theory, but I'm actually teaching something that I have embodied myself which is really incredible. So my business changed. I started to actually make great money, a great income. I changed my friendships. I um, moved countries, like so many things in my life continue to change in alignment with my nervous system, which is so cool. And my partner and I went on this journey together as well of, you know, getting to know each other more on different levels and, you know, exploring our intimacy and our connection. And I started to notice so many patterns that I had that I had no idea about, like people pleasing and not setting boundaries and being really sensitive and just saying yes and doing what everybody else wants, but not what I want. So really my my business was so cool because it was the biggest testament to this huge transformation that I underwent from being like totally stuck and just kind of like not knowing what I'm doing to just freaking killing it in business. Like all those women that I looked up to, now I'm one of them, which is so cool. Like it just makes me so proud. And it's actually so beautiful because now when I get on calls with these women that I met, you know, at the mastermind years ago, they always recognize that. They really see and feel and tell me about how much I've changed and how much my business has expanded and grown. And it's just so incredible. And a couple like last things that I want to tell you that are really important are, first of all, I'm not done. Like I'm not fixed. I'm not healed. I don't see it that way. I am always working on who I am, you know, and parts of myself, you know, working on resting more, working on enjoying life more. That also takes work for me because I'm really used to doing, doing, doing. So that's something I'm working on right now. And also just resting, you know, that's part of my work is just to rest and enjoy, but also doing healing work as well. So the journey never really stops. And it's not about fixing anything. It's really about actually coming back to your essence, like that baby that you were, 
the the playful joyful baby that just cried when she wanted to screamed when he wanted to kicked and fought when they wanted to like all of those things um it's really coming back to your essence which is so beautiful and the other thing is that i mentioned many times throughout this podcast that i really believe in is that trauma and also our coping with it like our coping mechanisms that we develop in order to cope with trauma in our lives again they have a shadow side and a light side so that means the shadow side is the pain the constriction the trauma responses that we experience as adults the ways that we show up to the world that are constricted that are frozen that are overwhelmed all of those responses those are results of trauma and then at the same time we have the gifts and the wisdom and the, the beautiful parts that we receive from those experiences. And that doesn't mean that trauma doesn't hurt. That doesn't mean that I wish it on anyone, but it does mean that it's part of the human experience. So there's no single human that hasn't experienced it. And so, by the way, I totally forgot to mention, I just kept saying the word trauma and I was like, oh yeah, I never mentioned this. I think part of the reason that I am so comfortable talking about trauma, dealing with people's trauma, you know, clients and things like that. And my groups that I lead is because I was around a lot of trauma. And I also, for 10 years, I worked as a facilitator in dialogue between Israelis and Palestinians. So that was some of my favorite work that I've ever done in my life. It has its complexities for sure. Um, that's a whole separate conversation, all of my criticism on this dialogue concept and movement. But I have to say that I learned so much from that, from just sitting with humans who have gone through trauma, who are sharing their trauma, who are listening to each other's trauma, right? And I was facilitating those dialogues. So I learned so much from this and it grew my capacity to be with other people's pain in a way that doesn't see them as smaller, but actually sees them as more empowered. So that's one of my favorite things about myself as a coach. And I absolutely love this work so much. Of course, I need breaks from it too, um, but I also love it so, so much. It literally nourishes my soul because as I always say, I hate small talk, literally allergic. So if you meet me somewhere, just like ask me about my greatest struggles in life <laughs> and we'll have a great conversation instead of being like, what do you do for work? You know, um, how many kids do you want? Where do you want to live? Blah, blah, blah. Um, those things drive me bananas. Like I only have a very small threshold for those conversations. So I really, really love deep conversations. And again, even that fact about myself comes from being a parentified child. As a child, I was emotionally and still am uh, more mature than my parents. And so I adapted by really being so good at reading people's emotions and traumas and pain. And part of that comes from my own trauma, right? So it's something that is really of service to me as a coach, obviously, because I do this all day long. But at the same time, if I do this with friends, it is not very good for me. Like I want to do this as a career um, and then just chat with my friends and not try to help them and heal them. So 
that's the interesting thing about trauma for me, the fascinating thing that we get to play with and explore. And there are all kinds of stages in the healing process. Like if somebody would have told me this when I was just starting my process, I probably would be very triggered. But when I hear it now, I totally get it. So, you know, it's, um, it's a journey. This thing called life and this thing called healing, it's a lifelong journey that I am happy to be part of and sometimes really annoyed to be part of, but overall happy because without it, it would be so boring. You know, life would just be so boring. So that's a lot about me. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I really am enjoying recording these for all of you so, so much. And I hope that this sparked some something within you about your own journey. Um, and I just wanted to mention a couple of opportunities that are coming up for working with me. One is called Heal Flow, which is my incredible group coaching program. It's a five month program, which is long and powerful and transformative and profound. So you're not just gonna like experience a little aha moment, you're gonna experience like full body transformation. This program is so brilliant and I'm just so proud to run it for the second time this February. So you can check out the link to the information as well as the application in the show notes. And then I'm also having a beautiful retreat this March in Costa Rica with my dear friend Nikita, who is an amazing healer as well. And in-person work, there's just nothing like it. So as well, I will put the link to the retreat in the show notes. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate and value your time so much. And I love you very much. And I hope you have the most beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. If you liked it, please make sure to leave me a review so that more beautiful humans can get to this podcast and subscribe to the show. And please do share it with a friend who would benefit. And I always love to hear from all of you on Instagram. So visit me there at marina.y.t. I share really awesome content and would love to hear your comments about the episodes. Until next time, I love you so much and I appreciate you. Have the most beautiful day.